You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there lived a sheep, and his name was Shrek. He lived on a farm with his family and 17,000 other sheep. He and his family were very important because... His family produced wool and was made into important clothes for people to wear. One particular morning, Shrek decided not to join the other sheep, as they always did, for the shorning so his wool could be collected to make those clothes. He said to himself, I don't want to go and be with all the other sheep, and I'll hide away. So he did. He hid away from his master, the shepherd, and his family, and all the other sheep of the pasture. He hid away not just one morning, but for six years. He hid and was all alone and alienated from all the people who loved him and most of all from the shepherd who cared for him. The whole time while he was away, his family missed him and the master missed him most of all. Shrek wanted to return home, but was lost and didn't know how to return home. The thought of home made him sad. You see, his wool was very special and so important, but it grew and grew upon him and became very very heavy. It grew so much that Shrek could not carry the load. He was not meant to carry that load all along. Some of you in here this morning, I want to tell you that you're not meant to carry some of the loads that you've been carrying. God never intended you to carry loads all by yourself. The load of all that wool was so heavy that he could hardly even walk. No one to care for him and, f- and free him from the load of the problems that the wool caused. It was so heavy and so massive that it got in his eyes so that he couldn't see. And the wool would catch on bushes and limbs of other trees around him. It also made him slow so that he could not run away from the wolves and the foxes that were trying to catch him and eat him. As Shrek thought about these things, he stood there and began to cry. He was so sad because he missed his family, and most of all, he missed the master. He missed the master and all the times that he had with him. Because you see, he knew his master's voice. And oh, what he wouldn't do to see his family and hear his master's voice one more time. Now, what, was, what Shrek didn't know was that the master, the shepherd, never stopped looking for him, for he was a good shepherd. No matter how far you would go away, no matter how many times you may hide out, the master was determined to find him and bring him back to the fold. Some of you may be here this morning watching or watching online, and you are away, and you straight away. Here's what Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid the iniquity of us all on him. So the master looked high and he looked low, and every day he looked for him until one day Shrek heard an old familiar sound and an old familiar voice, and he saw a beautiful, kind, and loving face. It was the master. He found me. He found me. Shrek said to himself, Shepherd had found Shrek and brought him and brought him home. Here's a picture. It's actually a true story of the master. It's a true story. Look at all that wool. 
all in his eyes, can't see. That's six years worth of not being with the master. He's heavy, can't, can't, can hardly walk, but the master found him. Look at that. I mean, just six years. Just leave that up there for a second. She brought him back to the fold, and he took those shears and very carefully and delicately began to take off all that wool. And the weight of all that wool came off, and he was free. That special and very important wool was given to people so that they could have clothes to wear. You see, God made Shrek, and he was very important because he was meant to be a blessing to so many other people. Because when God blesses you with something, it's not just for you, but it's to help others and to keep giving it away. As he stood there and he smiled, he said to himself, I will never leave the master again. It's a true story. Now I'm going to show you a picture of Shrek when he was shorn. <clears throat> it's a true story. He's, he's, man, look at him. He's sitting there. They said that was enough wool to make 200 suits for men. That's how much wool was, was on him. And I, I'm telling that story because that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. Last week we talked about what my job as a shepherd, and I'm going to talk about this morning what your job is as a people of God. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you're a good shepherd. You're the shepherd that leaves a 99 to go get the one. We were that one. We were the one that were astray. We were off doing our own thing, and then you came and rescued us, brought us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. So I'm thankful this morning that you're going to help us to see the light and then give us our job descriptions. Tell us what you want us to do, who you called us to be. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, again, talked to you about what's my job. My job, as we said, is to stand before, in Exodus 18, stand before God for the people, not stand for the people for God. God doesn't need help. Uh, he, he, he is really good at displaying who he is to his people. My job is to pray for you, and I demonstrated that as I pray for you every day. There's not a day goes by that I don't pray for you and pray for your family and pray for the destiny of God on your life. My job is to preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. Now, I want you to tell me to tell you, tell, pre, tell me to preach the word. Tell me. Preach the word. Preach the word. Don't come in here preaching that heresy. My grandmother used to say, she don't come in here with that foolishness. foolishness. You ever, your, your grandmother wasn't like that. My grandmother was. She, I remember one time I got stung by a wasp, legitimately stung by a wasp. And um, I mean, I saw it coming. And so the wasp came and stung me and I came running in the house. I broke the screen door down, running into the house. Uh, and the screen door fell down, and I was screaming and loud, and my, mother, my grandmother said, don't come in here with that foolishness. I'm trying to watch the stories. <laughs> I just took some of y'all way back, didn't I? Some of y'all said, I know what I'm talking about. General Hospital, huh? Can I get a witness, huh? One life to live, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, Grandma, I just got stung by a wall. She goes, I don't care. Luke is about to tell us something, you know. <laughs> Not Luke in the Bible, but anyway. <laughs> but, but to preach the word, we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I am surprised uh, to find that we live on emotions. We live on every a word that proceeds out of everybody else's mouth. But God is wanting us to live by the word of God. And so when you come into this house... Coming to this house, we're going to preach the word. Will you always preach the scriptures? Yes. 
as long as there is breath in my lungs, lungs and as, as long as I'm, I'm standing here in this pulpit and I'm, anybody else who's standing in this pulpit, we're going to preach the word of God because you need the word. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is able to equip you for every good work. And so that's why we preach the word in this, in this church, in this house. And so it's like, are we, are we going to church? We are the church. Amen. Everybody here is a minister. And so therefore, you need to see yourself as that. I came from a generation where everybody who was on the platform or the people sitting on the front row were ministers. But we're saying that God has created all of us to be ministers. And then I talked about my job is to show you the way in which you are to walk and the work that God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. So we talked about last, last, um, last week. And this morning, I want to talk to you again. What's your job? What has God called your job to be? What has he called you to be? And what is, what, are you, what is the point of us getting together? Because it's a gathering. This is a building. And thank God it's a great building. Thank God. See, a lot of times we take things for granted. Aren't you glad that we can come into this house and worship freely? Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad that God has blessed us that we can? There's some people that can't. They can't come into the house and worship, but God has blessed us, and we're able to do that. And so um, one of the things that God has called you to do, has called us to do, is, is the fact that we are designed to be connected. Everybody say connected. connected. That's right. We're called the body of Christ. We are not called the individual of Christ. Amen. We're not the individual of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And so it's your job. Your job is we preach the word and all these things that we said. It's your job to make sure that you are connected. I'm telling you what. I am <clears throat> I'm getting ready to have surgery in a couple of days, and I'm glad that there's, they're taking some things out, but I'm glad that they're leaving some things in. Amen? <laughs> Amen? I, they, they, usually when I go in for the surgery, the guy gives me a big old black marker, and he says, mark the place that I'm going to be doing surgery. I'm like, we're in trouble, doctor. If you don't know where you go, where are we going? <laughs> we're in some trouble if you don't. He goes, he goes, just mark the spot just so you know and I know. So I, I don't just mark it. It's not just an X. I just color it in, you know. Because I'm black, I have to do extra, you know what I'm saying, color it in or whatever. But your job, you're laughing, but your job is to be connected to the body of Christ. Satan loves to get you off by, him, by yourself, not connected, not being connected to the body, doing your own thing. I'm telling you, he never intended for you to stay in a place where you're not connected. That's why the Bible says that he, Satan, walks around, 1 Peter 5, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm telling you, it's hard to get somebody when they're in a group but you get that one that's off by himself, just off, just, you know, I'm telling you, I've been watch. I watch those nature shows. I watch David Attenborough when he goes, there he is, off from his environment, and he's frolicking and playing off by himself. And there's the herd. The herd is over there grazing in the pasture, but he's off by himself. You know, I'm watching that. And you can't watch that with me because I narrate too. I'm just as good as David Edinburgh. I go, you run! You better get back to the fold. He gonna get you. I think some of you would be okay if somebody was narrating your life. Somebody was just saying, and there he is, just like he does every morning, off by himself, not reading the word, not praying, not going for the things of God. Here he is, off by himself. Some of you may be, may be better if, you, that, if somebody was narrating your life, but it is. It's called the scriptures. 
causes us to get us to step back in. And there he was, the enemies. He's walking around. I watch them. They get low to the ground. They're quiet. They're stealthy, the lion. And then they just pounce on the, on the, on the, the gazelle or the, or the whatever. The, you know, some of us, they fight back. I'm telling you, I watched one the other day. It was so funny. They were trying to get this, uh, this wild boar. And the boar started fighting back. They started fighting back. And, I, and I'm, I'm, there was a sense of, of excitement when I saw that. I'm like, yeah, get them. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, yeah. and then there was one that I love. My favorite one is when the lions were attacking um, the, the buffalo, the water buffalo. And all of a sudden, they thought they had this one young. And I was like, it's all over. It's all curtains. It's done. They're going to get them afraid. They got them a snack. And then all of a sudden, in the distance, David goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Here comes the herd out of nowhere. This is interesting. Like he hadn't seen the video, you know, like, you know, you've seen it. He goes, here they come, here they come. And all of a sudden they all swarm and they fight off that lion and the, and the, and the little baby gets back in the herd and they walk off. And then the enemies, I mean, the lion is just like, ah. Oh. And then he goes, he's going hungry tonight. And I was happy about that. <laughs> I want that to be the ending of your life every day where enemy goes hungry at night because you are in the fold and you're in the place that God has for you and you've not gone to the left or to the right, but you've stayed the course. You're in the place where your eyes are fixed on Jesus and you are not we're trying, to, trying to get off by yourself. You're not trying to be like, I will be like the most high and there's, pride, and there's not pride that's trying to lure you away because the Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, but he's trying, he wants you to get you away from the hurt. He's trying to get you away from the body of Christ and so that he can kill, steal, and to destroy your life. But God has said, you being connected, being in the body, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. That is why I can say this, and I'm going to say it with gusto. I hate COVID-19 because all it's done is try to separate us from being together and from meeting and from fellowshipping and having koinonia together, and I hate it. I can't wait for it to be over. I can't wait for the enemy to be crushed and so that we can be together. Oh, I'm waiting for you online. Some of you just like, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Come when you're ready to come. But I love you. I love our people. I love being together. God called us to be together. He's called us to be together. He wants us to walk together. And, and, and so I'm telling you, it would be crazy if I walked up here and be like, now I want to introduce you to my arm. And then my arm came up here. That'd be, light, be nuts because my body is supposed to be together. And so the truth is, is that that's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to keep us from being together. And so it's your job. to be. It's incumbent upon you to come and be connected to the body. Do you know that? It's not about me. Don't forget it. I'm not talking about me. Yeah, I, just, I love people. I love you. I love the fact that we're in this together. But God designed it for us to be together and for us to walk together. One of my favorite stories is I've been, again, with Pastor Terry as, uh, for, man, since I was 19 years old. And I actually had to ask the kid, how, had the kids last night how old I was. And, um, but, but for 24 years, we've, we've been together. And he, tell, he has a lot of stories. Pastor Terry has a lot of stories. Um, and I, and I, they never get old to me. There are stories that he tells. I'm just like, tell me that one again. Tell me that story. He goes, and this is what he says sometimes. He goes, you've heard that story. I go, I know. I know I've heard it, but I, I love that story. 
But one of my favorite stories of all time is the story of, of him and Susan when they, um, they were attending a church and, and, and then they came to a realization. And I want, I want to, I've asked him to, to share that story. He's not going to come up here, but he recorded the story. I want, you to, I want you to watch it here this morning. It all begins when we were in college. Susan and I attended a church. After we got married, we continued to attend the same church. Uh, we didn't have a child until our first son, David, was born about four years after we graduated from college. And not wanting to take our newborn baby to the nursery, I went by myself. And I remember one Sunday sitting in the back of the church, and I looked around and I thought, I don't know anybody in this church. I know the leadership team. <clears throat> I could not identify one person in that church that I knew by name. Uh, some faces, but that's about all. And I remember leaving there, and we were experiencing some family issues, and we didn't know where to turn to, really didn't have any, any connections. And uh, some friends invited us to go to a, another church that was sort of a startup church. And I remember Susan and I talking about, you know, we're never going to go and just attend a church again without getting involved. And we made a decision that if we were going to go to this new church, we were going to connect. We were going to build relationships, do whatever it takes to get involved in that local church. Years later, looking back, I realized that that decision probably did more for changing our life than any other decision, uh, obviously receiving Jesus. But that decision did something for us. Uh, we had a piece of property on the Brazos River, and I remember looking on the high bank down at the river, and the river meanders around and, and flows and seeing some little eddies on the sides that when the water drops down, it just sort of gets trapped and it just sort of stagnates. And I felt like the Lord said, that's where you were. You were sitting in and it could be born again, but you were just sitting there doing nothing. And our decision moved us from sitting to getting in the river. Once in the river, God can then direct you and move you wherever he wants you to go. But, I, but looking back, we realized that that decision probably did more to, to get us to the position where God could work in our lives than any other decision we ever made. So I just want to encourage you, get involved. Don't sit in church. Don't sit and, and not be a part. Uh, build relationships. Go to the Wednesday nights we've got. Come to Sunday mornings. Uh, get involved in the church. But whatever you do, don't just sit and not build relationships, and not pursue the Lord. Isn't that a great picture? <laughs> hadn't changed, they haven't changed a whole lot, have they? <laughs> still, look, still look young and beautiful. I encourage, I encourage you just as what he said, get involved. Don't just be an attender. Some of you, if you think, I've said this last week, it's so, it's so true. If you think that this is a place where you are to come and just hear, just be like, I'm coming, I'm going to check it off my list, I'm going to go, we're going to sing some songs, we're going to hear a message, and then possibly we're going to go eat, and then that's it. I'm telling you, you're at the wrong place. This is not what this is for. We want to equip you to do what God's called you to do, but the truth is, is as you be equipped, you need to understand that it is for you to give, get and receive and then give away, but you're not to just sit and just attend. That's just not who we are. That's not what God's called us to do. That's not what we're going to do. We're not going to be just those that just sponsor. And are you, but what are you saying, Pastor Chris? You don't want people to come? Yes, I want people to come. I want this church to be filled up. 
so you can go out and do what God's called you to, to be and do, so you can be equipped to go do the work that he's called you to do, the works. And so that's what he says as a shepherd. He's done Psalms 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then it says that also it talks about him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I can lead you to the water. We can go to the water, but I can't make you what? Can't make you drink. Can't make you eat. All that green pasture, you make you lie down in green pasture. He restores those things to be done. But if you don't understand the fact that it is incumbent upon you to really not just be an attender, but to, all, to be those that would particip participate in what God is doing. Some of you may, just like you said, some of you may be in the little eddies and you're wondering why you're, you're doing the little circle cycle thing. Why am I going through the same old things over and over and over again? How come I'm going through the cycles in my marriage and in my finances and all the stuff that's going on and the, and the cycles of off on your own? I'm telling you, get in the river. Some of you are just like, how do I do that? Well, first you got to start off in the ankle deep. You know, some of you may be in the ankle deep. Some of you may be knee deep. Um, I'm praying this morning as this is over, that the Holy Spirit just push you off in the river. You now somebody's like, he's a gentleman. He won't do that. Well, I'm going to help him. Um, <laughs> get in the river so that God can take you where he wants to take you. That's how I learned how to swim. You know what they say about black people. They don't know how to swim, right? You know what they say that about black folks? I didn't. That's true about me. You could, I'm not, some people are like, how dare you say that? It was true. I couldn't swim. I didn't, I didn't learn how to swim until somebody pushed me into a pool one time, and it was one of the best things I ever, they ever did in my life. I was mad when I came up. I was. I'm, I was upset, but I learned how to swim. That's how I learned how to swim. Just somebody just, mm, just, and I don't even know if they knew what they did, you know, but I just, I, I just did what I knew to do. I started dancing. You know, black people can dance. I just started dancing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, to the right, oh, to the left. You know, I just started shaking my, shaking stuff, shaking my hips, you know. Kind of like Forrest Gump when he goes, I started moving my hips and then my legs started going. And I, that was me. I was kicking over here and kicking over there. And I reached in and grabbed some water and pulled it. And I was like, uh, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I look up and I was on the other side. Some of y'all laughing, but I'm telling you, you're stuck. You need to start doing what you know and start dancing, and all of a sudden you'll see yourself on the other side of this deal if you'll get in the river and let the river take you where you're supposed to go. Did you hear what I'm telling you? Let the river take you where you're supposed to go. Let him do it. Let the Spirit of God, and so I'm telling you, it's incumbent upon you. What's my job? To be connected. What's my job? Point two is important for you to become yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ. You be a disciple. Amen? Amen? Be a disciple. So what does that look like? Well, following after Jesus. I learned this when I was going to the King's University where he said, hey, this is what the people who were discipled, they would say as a blessing to other people. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Why is that? Why would they say that? Why was that a blessing? Because you, the blessing is that as you followed your rabbi everywhere that they went, you would be covered in his dust and it was an honor to be covered in his dust. That meant that you were attaining all that your rabbi was giving to you. It was a sign. It was an honor that you be covered in his dust because you were following him with everything on the inside of you. And you were, you were moving with him. And you were you, everywhere that he went. That's where, you, where he went. And that's what sheep do. Everywhere that Mary went. That's where the, <laughs> everywhere that Jesus, that's where we're sure to go. 
being a disciple of Jesus, following him, hard after him, not just attending, but I'm following after Jesus. God, I wake up in the morning, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done. It's not what I want, but it's what you want. I'm not following my own way. I'm not turning my own way. God, I want what you want. This is the day that you've made, Lord, and I have decided to, be, to rejoice and be glad in it, but I know you have marching orders for me today. I know you have a job description for me today. I know, Lord, that you're wanting me to walk in your footsteps. How do we know that? Because my steps are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way and though he fall he shall not utterly be cast down because the Lord will uphold him with his hand my steps are ordered by the Lord and as I'm following after him my foot will fall on a sure foundation because the sure foundation is Jesus Christ how do you know that because he set my feet on a rock and the rock is Christ and he is leading me to the rock that is higher than I and he is the chief cornerstone he is the rock that the stone that the builders rejected he's the one that they said if you hear these words of mine and do them you will build your house upon the rock and when the winds come and when the waves come and the storms come and the, and the lightning crashes you'll be founded on the rock and you won't, your house will stand in the midst of a storm oh do you hear what I'm telling you so therefore, Jesus was called us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, following after Jesus. You're not following after a man, me. You're not following that. We want you to be connected to Jesus. And so that's what he's called us to do. Would you turn to Ephesians chapter 4 as I'm coming to a close? And I want you to hear this because it's your job, really, what I want you to hear, what my job is, but your job is not to just be a participant. I mean, to be a watcher or just a tenor. When I, I played football in, in growing up, and I um, was first string, but I'm telling you, um, there was a time where um, we had gotten ahead of the uh, score. We were playing Eldorado Rogers, which is a, a 40, 45 minutes away. And we had gotten up 33 to three up on, uh, the, on the other opponent. And the coach, coach pulled us out, pulled us out of the game. He goes, guys, we're not gonna run the score up on these guys. And we hated them. We didn't, we, I'm telling you, it was just a bad blood between us and them. He's like, come on, coach, let's, let's, let's get them. Let's really let them know. They will never, let's give them a beating we'd never forget. He goes, no. He goes, I'm not that kind of coach. We're not going to do that. He goes, but I'll tell you what I will do. He goes, I want to get all the second string guys, all the guys that have never scored a touchdown this year, all the guys and that, that, that have never been, really been in the game. And he goes, I want you to block for them so that they can score. And we was like, man, that sounds good. And so that's what we did. We're all the little guys, all the guys that were just watching and they're just watching going, man, I want to be like that. We would block for them. And so they remember. So, I mean, I, I, I got excited about that because I love playing on a team. And I love being on a team. So I was the fact that the little guys were running behind me. I go, coach, let them run right up beside me. That's 34 blast on one. Let's, get, let's run that play. He goes, why? I said, because he's got to come through my right side. I'm going to push him back and they'll score. And all of a sudden, you start seeing our, our offensive line, which was not the same offensive line that Texas Texas had were playing yesterday. But anyway, all of a sudden, if you need prayer for that, there'll be prayer at the front for all of you Texas fans. And that hurt. Didn't it hurt a little bit? Mmm, stung a little, mmm, a little bit. It stung a little bit. I'm talking about boomer. We did get got the boom anyway. Let's just go on to the what we were. And so all of a sudden we run that, they run that play, 34 blasts, and they run it. All of a sudden our O-line got excited because we were able to push the defense out of the way. So the little guys, and you should see the excitement that were on their faces. Like we scored, you know what I'm saying? They were excited. And I'm telling you what, I'm saying this to you today. To all of you that have been sitting on the sidelines wondering what you are supposed to do, for all of you that have been watching everybody else and trying to figure out what 
what is happening next. To every single one of you that have been watching and saying, man, I want to get in the game. Today is your day. Let's get in the game. Let's get in the place that God has for us. Let's run. Let's, you know why we can do that? Because we've already scored. We've already won. We've already defeated the enemy. He's a defeated foe, and so we play from victory. We pray from victory. We live from victory. We fight from victory. Why? Because our God has already won the battle, and we get to stand in that place of victory. That's what God's called us to do. It's what he called us to do. And so this is our job. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You guys know where I'm going, but I'm going to say it again. And he himself, 11, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The edifying, that word means to build up, to build, to, to not tear down, but to build until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. How many know we're not perfect? But we're getting that way. God is, God is perfecting us in his love. He is furnishing us. Another word means to furnish. He's furnishing us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, what everybody else is saying, all the stuff that's going on out there. There's so many people. Um, just look up here for a second. There's so much stuff that we're getting online. Do you guys know that? You can look online for anything. I can become a mechanic online. I can just watch every stuff, every time. I'm a, I'm a, I can be a YouTube mechanic. One of my friends said, whatever. There's so much stuff that's going on out there. There's so many preaching. Somebody's got a word. Somebody's got this. You need to make sure that what you're hearing is, is what the word of God is saying to you. Amen? There's so much stuff that's going on. You can get all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of preaching and whatever. And so I'm telling you, you don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But here's what we do. We speak the truth in love that we may grow up. We've got to grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working. Listen at that. Just, just for a second. Let's read it slow. From whom the whole body joined. Think about being joined together. It's actually a description of being fashioned together, beat together, hammered together, together, and knit together by what every joint supplies according to effective working, which every part does its share. And when every part does its share, when you're carrying your weight, when you're doing what God's called you to do, here's what we're saying by that. Look up here just for a minute. We need you. We need your part. We need you to be who God's called you to be and do what God's called you to do. Just like the story of Shrek, he's just going to be off on his own, but he didn't understand that that wool was not just for him, meant to give out so that people could have clothes. There's giftings and there's, there's uh, things that God's put on the inside of you that we need. We need your part. We need, what, we need you, you to carry out what God's called you to do. I, we need that. I need that. The body of Christ needs that. We talk about that. What if one day... My, my leg just said, you know what? Not going to do it today. You go on your own. I'm out. Then the whole body's out, right? The whole body's out. My, 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 hand, can't say, <laughs> my hand can't say to the face, I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? That looks kind of weird. But you can't, you can't, you can't. I don't need you. We need each other. And when you're doing your share, what is that? What is that God called us to do? That's what he's saying. We're joined together, fit together, doing it share. And this is what happened. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. God's called us to grow 
together. And we edify each other, we build each other up. At the same time, I need you to do your share. What does that look like? Last point. It also looks like us serving. Amen? God's called us to serve together. We're serving. And so you're just saying, is this a ploy for you to get us to serve in the church? Lock the doors. Lock all the doors. Nobody in here. I'm just kidding. Not just talking about serving in church, but it's something about when the body serves together and you give your life away together. Amen? I love it when we're serving together. Vanessa has this rule in our house that if she's working, if she's moving, everybody else needs to be. So that's, that explains why the kids go, Mom, have a seat. Mom, take a rest. <laughs> Mom, don't you want some water? Won't you relax? Let's bring you some water. We just want to serve you today. And Vanessa's a doer, so she's always doing. So she's always finding something to do. So one day, uh, the baby girl, Brayden, came in to me. She goes, Dad. I go, what? Make her stop. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's been doing it again. She's got chores for us from now to the end of my life. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'll live with her the rest of my life. I'm not. We do whatever she tells us to do. You don't understand. I'm not. No. We just, we, we better. I'm telling you, what do I do? I'm telling you, get in there. Have a good attitude. I'm with you. I'm with you. Have a good attitude. Come on. Let's pray for each other right now. Pray for each other. Pray. Have a good attitude. We're going to go in there. We're going to work. We're going to have a good attitude. And I'm, I'm halfway joking. Vanessa is a doer. She loves to do. I mean, she's always working, you know, all this stuff. But the truth is, is that we have, we have this, you know, people be like, this is why we don't have nice things. We have nice things because of my wife. She is always working to make sure that we have the best of the best of the best. And she, I'm telling you, she's, she's good, but she works. I mean, as she come from a working family, I mean, when her mom comes into town, they always got us doing something. I'm always up here at the office when her mom's coming to town. I'm always trying to find, if you find out that you like, Pastor Chris ain't met with me in two years. I wonder what's up. You'd be like, his mother-in-law's in town. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. His mother's in town. No, I got a good mother-in-law, too, if you're watching, Mom. Anyway, the truth is, serving together. God's called us to serve. See, this is what Jesus said. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And if we're going to be like Jesus and be who he's called us to be, then we got to understand that we're serving together, working together. I love it. we got a care center coming up, their Thanksgiving outreach. I would love for us to be able to, as a family, go and serve the homeless and those that need food for Thanksgiving. I love to be down there. I mean, I love it serving, but it's so good to be serving with my family, my sojourn family. So as many as you that can come, come be a part of that Thanksgiving outreach. And I'm telling you, that's how I build relationships. That's how we get to love. And just not about attending, but it's about us serving, giving our lives away, giving your life away. I think about the times when I came here uh, so many years ago when I was a teenager, and I thought I knew so much coming into this house and didn't know anything, come to find out. Really quickly, I learned that. <laughs> didn't know anything, but really seeing how everyone served each other, and everyone, I mean, the elders and everybody else, they just were serving each other. It was just a beautiful thing to see because that's where we came from. My, my, my parents, they taught us that. You serve. And then, so they would have ministers and guests over at the house after church, and they would be like, listen, how do you, this is what they taught us, and I taught this to my kids, how do you be the best and help us serve the ministers that come to our house? We go, we don't know. She said, this is, my mom said, this is what you do. She goes, look, 
for ways to serve. If their glass is empty, ask them to fill it up. If they need something, say, hey, can I help you? Take their plate so that they don't have to get up and put it away so that they don't have to move. My parents would instill that into us. We're like, how is that helping? And they go, you'll find out. And how I learned how to minister was getting their plates. And as I'm getting their plates, I'm listening to them. As I was getting them water, I would listen to the things they would say. And then they would come over or things that I would do. I would serve them, but I was receiving in return. See, the truth is, is that as you learn how to serve and give your life away, you realize that you're like, I'm going to serve. But you realize that you're the one that's getting blessed. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.